You are now listening to the Way to Go Youth Podcast with Pastor Jerome Baker. This podcast is an outreach of a place of refuge church located in Carrollton, Georgia, where the pastor is Bishop Barry Walker. Our vision is to help youth and young adults to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's word. Now, let's receive Pastor Baker with today's message. You are listening to The Way to Go. One trait that a mature young person must possess is sound awareness. When you, when you finally go from baby stage to being mature as a teenager or a young adult, one trait you should possess is sound awareness. Now, when a person has awareness, it means a number of things. But I want to give you a few on this morning that you should know and understand. Number one, when when a person has sound awareness, it, it says, first of all, that they are not naive. They're not simple. Ignorant. Or stupid. You're not naive. As a young woman, you cannot be naive when it comes to boys. In the day and time we're living in, you can't be naive when it comes to dealing with certain girls. You cannot be simple or somebody is going to take advantage of you. You gotta have some uh, awareness. Number two, when you have sound awareness, it says that you are alert. You pay attention. And we're taught usually just to pay attention to your surroundings, but that's not enough. You have to learn how to pay attention to what you can see and what you cannot see. You have to have awareness. You have to be alert to what's going on around you. In one sense, so you don't put yourself in a bad situation. And in another sense, you need to be aware of the unseen so you don't miss what God has for you. When you come to God's house, you you need to be aware or alert. Hold up. This ain't my house. This is God's house. And I need to conduct myself in a certain way because even though I can't see God, Uh he is present. And so you exemplify that you are aware of him by worshiping him, reverencing him. But when you don't reverence him or worship him, it really says that you have no consciousness or awareness of God. You're spiritually dead. So you, you want to make sure that you have some awareness. If you're not a Christian, if you're not born again, you need to be aware that, look, if I die in my sin, the wages of sin is death according to Romans 6 and 23. And 
the penalty of death is eternal punishment in a place called hell. You need to be aware of that and then do something about it. Y'all with me? Number three, when it comes to the Bible, when you are aware or have sound awareness, it says that you're able to discern between good and evil. Okay, you can tell what's right and what's wrong. You, you, you're aware. You have discernment. Now, to take these three definitions that I've given you, I can contemporize it or break it down and give you a term that we used to use back when I was y'all age. When you have awareness, young people, bottom line, you know what time it is. You know what time it is. You know what's going to go down. You know what should go down. And you know how it's going to go down. You are uh, aware. And young people have awareness. It's just when it comes oftentimes to faith or the things of God, many young people's awareness is not where it needs to be. <clears throat> you, you got it. You got discernment. When you go to the movies, you know when to be quiet. You, you even got so much discernment, you can tell in the movie, this is a good time for me to go to the bathroom real quick. You have a awareness. When you go to a basketball game, a football game, you know when it's time to cheer. You know when it's time to say defense. You, you know when it's time to turn up. You have awareness. The thing is, Again, when it comes to the things of God, we need to have sound awareness as well. Are you still with me? You need to know what time it is. A great example, I want you to write this down. I'm not going to read it, but it would be great reading for the week in Luke 8, 41 through 55. We see Jesus demonstrating awareness. Now, at this time, Jesus is an adult. But even when Jesus was a preteen, he was aware. He knew that as a teenager or a preteen that he must be about his father's business. And now he's an adult, and he still got discernment or awareness. So what was going on in Luke 8, Jesus was in the community, and he was ministering. And this church leader by the name of Jarius came up to him, desperate about his daughter, who was at home dying. She was 12 years old, and this man named Jarius came to Jesus, and the Bible says he fell down right there worshiping him, wanting Jesus to come see about his daughter. He says she, she at home dying. And, and, and Jesus, he agreed to come and go to his house. And so he told the man on his way, look, don't fear. Just believe. All will be well. 
that discernment kicking in. Even though he got a bad report, he still is able to discern the will of God. So then he's going, and then all of a sudden, all these people come around him, and they keep him from going. And that's where we start hearing about the story of the woman with the issue of blood. So then once she gets her deliverance, they continue going to Jerry's house. Y'all still with me? And so what happens is, while they're going to his house, somebody comes up and tells Jarius, look, your daughter, she done died. There's no need of you messing with the teacher any longer. She gone. Jesus overheard what they were saying, and he told, he told those who was around, he said, look, she ain't dead. She's sleeping. Don't fear. Don't be afraid. Just believe. He's aware of the unseen, even though they're only aware of what they can, what they can see. So he gets to the house, and he, and he tells the parents, James, Peter, and John, y'all the only ones that's going in with me. They go into the house, and the folk that's there, they crying and mourning and, and just upset that the girl done died. Jesus was so aware. He said, man, these folk, they on something else. He put everybody out. And told him, look, she ain't dead, she's sleeping. They started laughing at him, ridiculing him, and he put him out, went back there, prayed for her, and she got up. All of this I said is to prove, young people, how important it is to have sound awareness of what you can see as well as what you can cannot see. Likewise, whether you're young or whether you are an adult, we need to have awareness. Whether you're single, married, or a student, you need to have proper awareness. If you know you're getting ready to graduate, you need to be aware. It's just certain things you need to have in order before spring break so you don't get hindered when it comes to graduating. You need to make sure you done paid your dues. You done took the type tests you need. So, so it's no problems. They can call your name and you can keep it moving. You need to have some uh, awareness. In life, we need to have awareness. And when we consider our verse today, in Psalm 141 and verse 9, two things that young people, parents, and so forth need to be aware of in life are snares and traps. What are the two things we need to be aware of? Snares and traps. You need to have some trap awareness. David says, keep me from the snares that have laid, they have laid for me. And from the traps of the workers of iniquity. In life. There are going to be snares and traps in your path. 
you have to be aware of them. You have to understand that life is going to present some problems that are going to be hidden from you, but you need to be on your toes. You need to be aware. So let's look at it and let's deal with it. Because I want to explain what the Spirit of God dealt with me as it pertains to young people and young adults in this church. We need to understand that the Spirit is basically saying, you better watch your step. You better watch your step. Because you could be headed for a trap. You better watch your choices. You better watch your plans because it could be a trap in the way. And so let's look at a few truths about snares and traps. Number one, y'all still with me? The psalmist asked the Lord, keep me from snares. Keep me. A snare, young people, is a hidden trap that's used to capture birds and animals. Not just used to capture them, but a snare is meant to kill. That's what a snare is meant to do. It's meant to kill and capture birds and animals. And, and a snare is usually going to have a noose or Something that can go around your neck to choke the life out of you, a bird or an animal. That's what a snare is for. You can't see it, but when you walk through it, its purpose is to choke life out of you, suffocate you. And so David says, Lord, you got you to gotta help me. <laughs> You got to help me and protect me. Guard me so I don't end up in a snare. And there are snares that have been laid specifically for the young people of our day and time. So you got to have some awareness. To give you kind of a picture, when, when back in the day when I used to watch cartoons, we used to have this cartoon called The Road Runner. Y'all remember The Road Runner? The coyote trying to, trying to catch, Wiley Coyote trying to catch The Road Runner. And he would lay all these different type traps to try to get them. And, and one of the traps that he would use was a snare. He would just lay it on the ground, put it on a rock in hopes that the roadrunner wouldn't see it, and he would walk into it, and it would strangle him or choke the very life out of him. It's the same way it is in life, young people. You got to be paying attention because there are certain things that look one way, but it's actually a trap. Let's look at 1 Samuel. Let's look at this verse the Lord led me to, to kind of break it down further. 1 Samuel 18, 21, 
and then we're going to look at verse 25. Now, many of us remember the story of David versus Goliath, right? Now, we know that David ultimately killed Goliath. Now, before he went to battle and killed Goliath, David asked, what's going to be done for the man that kills this uncircumcised Philistine? And so the rewards was put on the table. They said, well, King Saul, what he going to do is he going to give you riches. He going to give you his daughter to marry. And then your family's house is going to be tax exempt. You ain't going to have to pay no taxes. That's some good rewards. So David said, well, I'm your man. I'm the boy. I'm going to go and, and do this. And he did. And so they began to write songs about David, and then it came time for the reward. So, so Saul was going to give him one of his daughters, but that didn't pan out, so he ended up giving him another daughter. And notice what it says here in verse number 21. Y'all with me? This is, this is amazing. So Saul said, I will give her to him him being David, that she may be a snare to him and that the hand of the Philistines may be against him. Boy, that's cold-blooded. Therefore, Saul said to David a second time, you shall be my son-in-law today. Verse 25. But Saul thought to make David fall by the hand of the Philistines. Saul, young people, was going to do something on the surface that seemed beneficial. But it was really a trap. Young people, you have to understand there are certain things that people recommend for you to do. It's really a trap. It's really a snare. There are certain things that your friends, your flesh can put before you to say, if you do this, this is going to be beneficial. But if you don't be led by the spirit of God, you can fall at the hand of your enemy. We used to say like this, everything that glitters, it ain't gold. Everything that somebody recommends for you to do is not beneficial for you. And when you look at David, marriage to Michelle, man, she ain't do nothing but give him problems. And it goes back to the source. The only reason he gave him his daughter was because he wanted David to fall. Again, you have to be careful. When you talk to your friends, should I, shouldn't I, and they give you advice, you better be careful. Because the advice that somebody gives you can be to your demise. And you the one sitting there looking like boo-boo the fool. Look, man, just go on and hit it one time. You be all right. But then you the one that suffer because of what somebody else recommended you to do. 
well, you know, I'm thinking about getting in this relationship with such and such and such and such. It could be a trap. It could be something that brings you down. It could be something that chokes the very life out of you. You know, sometimes you say, well, I'm just going to do it one time. All it takes is one time. One time. One time. And destruction. Ruin. You, young person, have to have awareness. You just don't jump on something just because somebody puts it before you. You have to have discernment. You have to be cautious. You have to be led by God's spirit because it could be a snare. What people recommend you could mess you up. Let me tell you something. One day you may have to go or choose to go to a doctor about a condition. And the doctor may tell you nothing positive, all negative. You have to choose, am I going to believe this doctor or am I going to believe God's word? Because if you put your confidence in man, it's a snare. It's a trap. You're going to be cursed. A doctor does not have the final say-so. Who does? God does. You have to watch out for snares. Watch out for traps. When people say you ain't no good, you, you ain't going to be nothing, you, 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 you're going to be just like such and such, and they want no good, you don't believe that. That's a trap. That's a snare. How many are understanding? But, but snares can not only come externally, young people. Snares can come from within. Let's look at Proverbs. Proverbs 6 and 2. Yeah, peers, people can put things before you, and if you're not led by God, you can be ensnared. But notice what the proverb writer reveals in Proverbs 6 and 2. You are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken by the words of your mouth. You can ensnare yourself. You can choke out your own blessing. You can mess your own self up. What does the Bible say, young people? Death and life is in the power of the, of the tongue. So that means, young people, you have to be careful about the words and the songs that come out of your mouth. Or you just messing yourself up. Isn't that amazing? Your own mouth can, can kill you. Your own mouth can hinder or stop God from blessing you. Your own words. I like to tell young couples, quit saying you hate one another just because you're mad. Quit saying out of your mouth, I shouldn't have married you. Quit saying, I'm thinking about a divorce. Look, you don't need to say everything that come to mind. You feeling that way because you're mad, you upset. And it's okay, but the Bible says be 
angry, but don't sin. You can sin with your mouth. When Job was going through young people, all that he was going through, the Bible said he did not sin with his lips. Job understood what we need to understand. Your own words and conversations can mess your life up, mess your marriage up, mess your money up. Tell somebody, watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. You have to be aware of what you agree with, what you co-sign, and what you speak. You don't agree with everybody and everything, right? You don't sing every song. Sometimes you just need to take your time and read what an artist is saying and see, man, am I cursing myself? Putting my own self in a snare. But then David says in the same verse that traps are laid for me. Now, a trap here in the verse is a device that's meant to hold down, to keep from moving or hinder, and ultimately to harm or to cause death. Now, that's what a trap would do. A trap, a trap will hold you in place. A trap will hinder you from moving, or ultimately, a trap can kill you. Yeah. He said, look, traps are laid for me. When you go to school, you got to understand there's traps at the school. The trap house just ain't the bando in the neighborhood. It's traps at the school. It's folk that don't like you, ain't feeling you, and they'll lay traps for you. So you have to have some awareness, young people. You have to realize that it's just certain folk that if you get involved with, it ain't going to do nothing but bring you down. It's just certain folk. It's just a certain group that if you hang with them, it's just a matter of time before you get trapped just like them. And so you have to have some awareness. Nehemiah 6 and 2. Perfect story. Oh, wonderful story. Nehemiah was leading the people of God in rebuilding a wall so God's people could worship and such. And they were doing good. Matter of fact, the wall was almost complete. And so when their enemy saw that, they were doing a good job. They came to try to hinder them or stop the work from being ultimately finished. And notice what they did. Their names were Sanballat and Geshem, Nehemiah 6 and 2. They came over there or they sent message to Nehemiah saying, Come, let us meet together among the villages in the plain of Ono. But look at what Nehemiah recognized. But they thought to do me what? He has some awareness. These folk don't want to do nothing but get me off track. They want to do me harm. And I'm telling you, it's some, it's some young women, fellas, they, they fine. They look good. But they ain't going to do nothing but 
cause some, some trouble, cause some harm. Lord, have mercy. There's some guys, they, they got it going on, but, but, but if you get involved with them, they ain't going to do nothing but cause you some, some harm. Am I telling you not to interact with people? No, you need to know how to function around people. But like Nehemiah, you have to have the awareness to know who ain't no good. Who is it that's going to keep you from being who God has purposed you to be? And I wish I could tell you all these type people were outside the church. I wish I could tell you that all these people were sinners. But, but you got to be on your game because, unfortunately, there are some folk in God's house that can harm you. And so you have to be mature enough to realize that, look, I need to love folk, but I just don't need to get close to everybody. Are y'all understanding? You got to be aware of different things. You just got to be aware of different things. And I'm not saying you're going to know everything because we ain't God. But once God starts dealing with you about making certain moves, you better heed God. Because that happened to me. I was hanging with some folk, and I thought they were straight. We was all in church together. I, I, just, I just thought they were solid. But then God started dealing with me and said, look, you need to start pulling away from such and such and such and such. And I didn't fully understand why, but I knew God was guiding me. And so I started doing it. And you know what? Over time, it was revealed that God knew something I didn't know. It was a trap. It was a trap. Somebody shout, watch out for traps. Now, I want to take a little detour and just tell you some experience. I became familiar with traps at a young age, and I'm talking natural traps. I'll never forget when I was a child. I was uh, living in College Park up until the third grade. Then after the third grade, my family and I, we moved to Decatur, and I was raised in Decatur. But every summer... We would go to my grandparents' house in Virginia. Sometimes we would, we would drive, and sometimes my mother would put me and my sister on a plane, and we would fly to Virginia, and I'd meet my grandparents on the other end. Now, what was so memorable about those times is that when we got to Virginia, both of my grandparents lived in the city of Norfolk, but they had land. And so their houses were on fields. And so during this time when I was a child, I didn't have this experience at home, only when we went to Virginia, and it kind of scarred me because this is one of the things I remember. When we would go to my grandparents' house, they had mice in their house. They had mice. Those mice from the field would come in the house, and, and they would set up shop. <laughs> and, and, and it shook me because you would walk in, hey, Granny, we walk in, give a hug, and you'd be walking to the living room, and guess what would shoot by your foot? <laughs> a mouse. And it didn't bother her. She was just like, well, you know, it's just a mouse. We'll, we'll trap it and get it. But I was like, oh, my God. She had this closet 
that we would keep all the coats in and it was full of mice. And you would go put the, the, the uh, jacket in the closet and you was bound to see a mouse that done came from out of the wall and made its way in that closet. And they would always ask me, Jerome, go put the, the coats in the closet. I'd be like, man, I ain't trying to go to that closet. And I would throw them jackets in there, close the door, and run back. But we couldn't get away from it. And so granddaddy taught me how to set traps. He, he showed me, he said, now look, this right here, this right here is called a mouse trap. I got one. Yeah, he said, look, you take this trap right here and you get some peanut butter or you get a piece of cheese. Now watch your fingers because this will break your finger. And you just put it down and you wait till you hear that pop. And it just snapped that mouse neck. And so what we would do is I would be obedient. I would do it and I'd just sit in there and we'd be talking, watching TV. And all of a sudden you just hear that and you have to go in there. They send me in there, and the mouse sometimes be a big one. Sometimes it'd be a little one. Sometimes it would hit the neck. Sometimes it would be on their nose, and they would just be hanging off dead. And they would just teach me to go say, look, you just go outside, open it, and just let the mouse fall off, and then bring it back in the house, and you done. But, but what, what this taught me is there are some traps, young people, they are used to lure you. And that's what this trap would do. This trap was meant to lure the mouse in till it ultimately killed him. And if you don't hurry up and mature, you're going to find out like that mouse the hard way. There's some things that look good and smell good, but if you partake of it, it can mess you up. So, so I became familiar with these traps. But then when I got married and uh, we got our house where we live now. Now, look, we ain't mice infested. But we do live near. We have a large yard. And there was one particular time some mice got in the house. And uh, I had to handle it. And I was the only one. So I used this trap, but then I also was introduced to a different type trap. This called trap paper or sticky paper. And all you do is pull off this plastic and just leave it on the ground in the corner. And sooner or later, something's going to come on there and it's going to get stuck. And it's going to die because of dehydration. It's not going to get no water, and it's going to eventually die and start stinking. And then all you do is just pick the trap up and then just throw it away with whatever's on there. See, this is the same thing that happened to young folk. There's certain things, certain traps in life that can get you stuck. Set you back, young folk. You're going looking for a little bit of pleasure, but now you set back for the next 25, 30 years of your life because of one decision you made about a party or about a person, and now you're stuck. You're not good with money, but instead of learning how to deal with money, you rush and get a credit card. And so now you're stuck. Stuck paying that high interest. 
No, 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 no. You got to be able to recognize different types of traps and do what you can to avoid them so you don't get stuck. You don't get stagnant. And see, what I've seen that happens is, you remember how I told you how the rodent will get on this sticky paper and die of dehydration, die of lack of water? Did you know the Bible says or describes the scripture as being water? You know you can get so stuck in life to where you're not receiving the word and you're not growing, you're not prospering, all because of that trap. Look at somebody say, it's real. And so, while you're growing, enjoying being young, you, you got to have some trap awareness. Because your parents not going to make all the choices for you. Your pastor not going to be there all the time. So what do I do, pastor? Because some things look so good, and you don't want to find out later that they really were rotten. And so what David says is our answer in Psalm 119 as I close. Notice what he says. He reveals how to, how to avoid the traps in life, young people. He says, your word in Psalm 119.105 is a lamp to my feet and a light to my, to my path. God's word will reveal to you and I what's in our pathway. He said his word will be a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I can see. That's a trap. I understand. Don't go there. Don't do that. That's a, that's a trap. Now, I used to think that David was just talking about the written word, the revealed word. Is he talking about the written word and the revealed word? Yes, but it's more than that. Young people, if you are going to avoid traps, the word in the text is also synonymous with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to guide you and I into all, all truth. How can I say that the word in the verse is the Holy Spirit? Let's go to the book of 1 John. I believe that's where I want to go. Y'all still with me? All right, we're getting ready to close it right here. 1 John 5 and 7. And look how powerful this is. Look at what the Apostle John says. For there are three that bear witness in heaven. And what are the three, John? The Father, the Word, and the what? The Holy Spirit. Help me out. And these three are one. So when you talk about the Word, you're also talking about the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is going to guide you basically into all truth. You have to be to the point, young people, to where you mature to the point to where you learn to acknowledge him in all of your ways and let the Holy Spirit direct your path. Because if not, 
you can step in a trap or a snare. When it comes to who you go out with, what you do with your money, what you do when you graduate, should you go to the military, where you should work, all of these different paths, you should take the time to allow the Holy Spirit to guide you so you don't end up doing something that's out the will of God. So you don't get stuck, young people. Stuck at a job you don't like. Stuck in a relationship you don't want to be in. Stuck in a school that you can't transfer from. You understand? Stuck in a car with a payment that you upset about. You don't want to do that. You need to allow the Holy Spirit to be your God. Could you imagine getting somebody pregnant that you don't like anyway? Could you imagine somebody getting you pregnant that you don't like anyway? But you were just so curious. So curious. And now you stuck. I used to tell folks you stuck with them for at least 18 years, but that ain't true. You stuck with them. <laughs> for the rest of your life. You got to have trap awareness so you can have what God wants you to have in this life and you can be who he wants you to be and so you can flourish even when you're going through trials. Tell somebody what we got to be aware of. Say, we got to be aware of the traps of life. I'm going to stop right there. Let's give God a hand clap for the two verses and the teaching. Good God Almighty. I wish I had somebody tell me this when I was y'all age.